because when we found out about the the serious allegations from UNRWA itself and the UN body, we, 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 we did the responsible thing, which is to pause pending an investigation. A pause is a pause. A pause on additional funding. That's Canada's Minister of International Development, Ahmed Hussein, speaking with reporters after the government announced it's pausing further funding for the UN Agency for Palestinians, or UNRWA, after explosive allegations came out showing the extent of UNRWA's deep ties to Hamas, which Canada and others consider a terrorist group, although the United Nations doesn't. For months, since October 7th, the Israelis have been showing video that its soldiers took in Gaza of Hamas tunnels dug inside UNRWA schools and hospitals, of weapons caches inside UNRWA facilities, even UNRWA relief supplies being used in the war on Israel. But on January 26th, the same day the International Court of Justice ruled that Israel needs to not commit genocide in Gaza during its military campaign against Hamas, Israel came out with a bombshell that up to 12 UNRWA workers in Gaza helped Hamas carry out the October 7th terrorist attacks, taking live hostages or bodies of Israeli victims back into Gaza, and that an estimated 10% of UNRWA workers are members or supporters of Hamas and other local terror networks. 190 are sworn members, and possibly up to 6,000 UNRWA workers' family members are supporters of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. It was a big I told you so moment for Hillel Neuer and his UN watchdog organization called UN Watch, based in Geneva. His team has spent nearly a decade documenting case after case where UNRWA is being used as a weapon against Israel. And he had a gotcha moment of his own to add to the Israeli revelations that 3,000 UNRWA teachers support what Hamas did in Israel. Today, I wish to present our new report called UNRWA's Terrorgram, which I've handed to each of the members, and it's on our website, unwatch.org. In this report, we document a Telegram chat group of over 3,000 UNRWA teachers in Gaza that is replete with messages, photos, and videos cheering and celebrating the massacre of October 7th. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, February the 8th, 2024. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropian. Remember, we interviewed Hillel Neuer in the summer of 2021, shortly after Israel and Hamas had their last small flare-up, which lasted 11 days. And at the time, his group, UN Watch, presented evidence to the world that 22 UNRWA Palestinian teachers were sharing anti-Semitic views online on social media. That report was called Beyond the Textbooks. Canadian government officials said at the time, under Karina Gould, who was the minister in charge, that Canada would look into the allegations, but that they had a robust system in place to check where our taxpayers' dollars are being spent in Gaza and the West Bank, and that she was satisfied with what she'd been told. Fast forward to today. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said he was horrified by the new information about UNRWA's possible complicity with Hamas. He set up an internal probe. Meanwhile, the UNRWA head, Philippe Lazzarini, tapped France's foreign minister, former foreign minister, Catherine Colonna, to do a separate investigation. She has to report back by April. And while the U.S. and Canada and a dozen other donors have paused their funding for now to UNRWA, Canada sent $40 million to other humanitarian groups operating in the region. We're now joined again by Hillel Neuer, the executive director of UN Watch, for his insider view on why he feels UNRWA should be disbanded and why it probably won't be. 
you were at the U.S. Congress or the uh, at the end of J- January. The information that you presented—that's a lot more than you guys have been able to link in the past. Let's say since 2017, where it was a couple of dozen, there was a hundred names. These are substantial numbers. It's a, a huge escalation. How do you account for that? And how did that number? How did those numbers finally come to you? Well, let, let me start by saying that uh, we've been doing this monitoring of UNRWA. Uh, employees on social media for about 10 years. It was around August 2015, I think, we released our first report. Um, And already the spokesman of UNRWA was already attacking us. Chris Gunnis, extremely anti-Israel, arguably anti-Semitic. So we we were able to identify a certain amount of people, their names, their positions at UNRWA, and it means that they didn't have privacy settings to prevent us from seeing their pages, right? I mean, so... we understood that we were only looking at a very small selection of people. So we knew that even though we had identified, let's say, 150 teachers and other employees, that, that it was systematic because every time one of these teachers would post something, all their friends, most of whom were peers and colleagues at UNRWA, would say, way to go, professor, well done, and we're with you. Never once did we see someone say, gee, uh, Fatima, and Elham or Ahmed, I'm really shocked that you praised Adolf Hitler, that you praised the slaughter of Jews in a, in a synagogue in 2014, that you called to murder Jews. Never once did we see any of their friends or peers uh, object. Right, we but how are, did it get from like several hundred to these thousand numbers? Well, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So the information we got was limited. We're not in Gaza. We did a very simple procedure where we went on social media, we searched for people with an UNRWA in their profile and what they said, and we found the numbers that we found. Since that time, in the past two weeks, Israel apparently revealed to member states, donor states, and to the United Nations that 12 UNRWA staff, including teachers and and social workers, were involved in the massacre uh, on October 7th, either involved in murdering, involved in kidnapping, Uh, and other atrocities. Statistic number two, the Wall Street Journal, uh, a week ago today, um, put out uh, intelligence information that they received, presumably from Israel, they didn't say, but presumably from Israel, that an estimated 1,200 members of UNRWA in Gaza, uh, meaning about 10% of the workforce, are members of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. Now, bear in mind, to be a member of Hamas, that's a man, a woman can't be a member. So if there's 12,000 workers in, in uh, UNRWA, the numbers are either 12,000 or 13,000. It might be 12,000 at UNRWA, maybe 1,000 other UN staff. It's not clear. I'm getting, UN is using both of those, those two different numbers. Then maybe the numbers are 20% of the men or 23% of the men. So a very high number percentage of, of the male workers at UNRWA are members of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. It doesn't mean that they're fans of them. It doesn't mean that they think like they do. It means that they actually have like a rank, like a position, uh, like a, 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 you know, a membership card, so to speak, and answer to Hamas and Islamic Jihad, which, to be honest, how do you think it works in a mafia state in Syria? Do you think that they allow any independent institution to operate? Everyone is answering to the regime. And in Gaza, Hamas is the regime. And then the number also in the Wall Street Journal article and other major agencies, 6,000 estimated, namely 50% of UNRWA workers to have a close family member in Hamas and Islamic Jihad. And if you look on October 7th, you'll see a number of the 
employees talking about their family members who became martyrs. That is sort of standard um, at at UNRWA. So what was your that's, that's where the numbers finding? Came from. Okay, but and your own found, finding was the conclude, Telegram one, right? Just to conclude, the Telegram chat, that was um, a, a gentleman on the internet named Ethan Fishberger. Uh, he is a Middle East analyst. He wrote on Twitter that he found this Telegram and he, he said he didn't have time to deal with it. Could someone else do it? He tagged me. I asked my staff to take it on and they did. And, and we, we downloaded 249,000 messages in a chat group uh, that has 3,000 UNRWA teachers. It's called the UNRWA Gaza Teachers Vacancies Group, I'm paraphrasing. And it's a chat group on, on Telegram where teachers share information about their work. When are classes gonna be held this year? When are the vacations for, for a school year? Um, what, what training modules do we need to pass? All the kinds of things you might expect to see in a work chat group. Interspersed, Ellen, with all of those were messages, for example, on October 7th saying, praise to Allah, what's happening now is amazing. Our Mujahideen, our holy warriors are liberating the land and they're killing the Zionists. And one says, uh, how did, whoever, ta- whoever taught these holy heroes uh, should be blessed and how can we replicate that education? And the other one answers, says, yes, well, these people were breastfed on the jihad. On their mother's milk, they were breastfed the jihad. That's what we need to do. So that is what we found, sharing photos and videos of the attacks, of the heinous attacks, and other celebrations of terrorism. So the notion that these are bad apples is completely contrary to everything that we found and everything that we've seen, and they know it's a lie. They all know it's a lie. And it's funny, the same people saying the bad apples, on other occasions, they'll say, well, what do you expect? Of course, they're going to hate Israel because they're refugees, and they've suffered, and this and that, of course. So... The lie changes depending on what sticks and what doesn't. Don't take half measures when it comes to home security. Alarms and cameras work, but they'll only tell you that your worst nightmare just came true. Safety Screen by Metalex for windows and doors will keep your family safe and sound with real stopping power. They can't be cut, pried, or bashed in, so you can enjoy carefree ventilation in the spring and fall with peace of mind. And protect your fixed windows and doors with rock glass, an absolutely unbreakable clear covering. Call 416-638-2539 or visit metalexsecurity.com to book your free consultation. That's M-E-T-A-L-E-X security.com. Remember, prevention is always better than the cure. The reaction to the sort of series of Israeli disclosures and your disclosure and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal's disclosures prompted many countries who are in the top 10 donors, including Canada, to say they're pausing their funding. What do you make of this, these announcements? Would you say that it's mostly virtue signaling or is it actually legitimate? Well, I welcome the announcements. It's something we never saw before. We're talking something like 15 to 20 uh, top donors to UNRWA announcing they're suspending their funds. I think it's extraordinary. It's unprecedented. And very welcome. And it sent a message um, that this is unacceptable. And now very quickly, the uh, anti-Israel agitators were like, oh, this is unbelievable. You're punishing the Palestinians, collective punishment and all the rest. Meanwhile, very little money, if any, has actually been frozen. In, in the example of the United States, the money had already been sent. Canada it, it was, too. It, Canada just did the same. Yeah. So there you go. And, and I understood that. They were sending a message that is very embarrassing to Western countries that are supposed to be decent countries, that they're funding uh, mass murderers and rapists. 
Um, even though for 10 years, I told them, I sent letters to Mr. Trudeau, I had press conferences in Ottawa, and the Canadian diplomats were talking about the UN Watch reports in their internal correspondence. We have that from, from uh, you know, access to information requests. We know that they were talking about our stuff. So they knew it. They never responded to me. Neither the Ministry of Global Affairs nor Mr. Trudeau, whom I wrote to in 2017. And they were just all about doing damage control, uh, communicating with UNRWA in Ramallah. Um, the Canadian representative office in Ramallah was contacting UNRWA. How are we going to respond to media requests? So their concern wasn't really what's happening. It was really just how do we make these, these pesky media requests go away? So now this is, I mean, the biggest action that you've asked for in years. How do you take it in? Are you satisfied? Are you happy that this is finally being, what you said is finally, finally being acknowledged? Or maybe it took the deaths of 1,200 Israelis and October 7th for them to actually pay attention. I welcome, I welcome the suspensions, but I'm deeply concerned about what's coming next. And I know what's coming next. The donor states that suspended have signaled very clearly the script. And the script is the following. Because in their messages, they say, if you look at Australia's statement, even America's, I don't remember exactly what, what Canada had said, but they're congratulating Lazzarini on his very, his very swift response. And He's doing everything great and, and amazing how he terminated and acted so quickly. And he's commissioning investigations and everything is do, he's doing an incredible job. It's very clear where this is going. All right. We're going to get we, we now know about two inquiries. So uh, Lazzarini, the head of UNRWA, said that he, the UN is doing their internal inquiry. It's called OIOS. They're the um, internal investigators. They're doing an internal investigation into the 12 terrorists who participated in October uh, 7th, who are UNRWA workers, teachers, and so forth. Yesterday, he announced the creation of an independent review, uh, what does he call it, group, independent review group, and they're going, to, and they're going to examine all of UNRWA's handling of allegations, and that's going to take a month or two. It's being headed by the France's former foreign minister, Catherine Colonna, and being helped with three Scandinavian institutes who have a spotty record when it comes to Israel, they seem to be quite hostile. Just let's, let's unpack that a bit. Let's quite unpack hostile. that a bit about Kelowna. Now, so you tweeted, do you want me to read it or do you want to remember what you said? Go ahead, go ahead. The UN's new, quote, independent review of UNRWA is a travesty of a mockery of a sham, of a mockery of a travesty of two mockeries of a sham. Your feelings couldn't be more clear. What's wrong with Catherine Kelowna? As we say in Hebrew, Hamevin Yavin, Tommy Schnurmacher, who's a... Canadian radio personality from Montreal, uh, he, he spotted the, the Woody Allen reference. That's a line from a Woody Allen character in Bananas. Uh, number one, when Lazzarini, the head of UNRWA, announced the review last week, he said the review is going to look into these allegations. He said, and the fact that these allegations are a smear campaign. In other words, it's not someone saying I'm shocked by these allegations that we are, that we're infested with terrorists, but we need to examine the smear campaign. So Hillel Neuer and UN Watch, which for 10 years is sending them screenshots of their teachers glorifying Hitler, calling to slaughter Jews, that's the smear campaign. So number one, in my view, it's tainted when the commissioner general already defines the couldn't get more serious allegations than being infested with terrorism, and it's a smear campaign, number one. Number two, Catherine Colonna, just three weeks ago, she tweeted praise for UNRWA. Let me find it here. So in French, Lazzarini on January 12th wrote to her, extrêmement reconnaissant à Madame Colonna pour son soutien sans faillite. I'm extremely grateful to Minister Colonna for her, her support without fail 
to UNRWA and her engagement as foreign minister. Uh, so she's on her way out as foreign minister and he wishes her a bravo. Thank you, she says to Mr. Head of UNRWA. Thank you and full renewed support for your work, more useful than ever. Now, that's four days after we exposed the terrorgram. All right, so it doesn't seem to me the most objective person to examine uh, just three weeks later whether their work is useful or not or is otherwise. It's a fix. Bear in mind, France has been a donor to UNRWA, and if we show that, that if she admits that for 10 years UN Watch has been telling the world, and it was covered in the Times of London and in major German newspapers, the Wall Street Journal, the world knew and France knew that UNRWA teachers are inciting terrorism. So what are the odds that she's going to say, oh yeah, we knew all the years that I've been donating to UNRWA, I knew. What are the odds that, that uh, Mr. Trudeau is going to admit that? So the, the review is a sham. It's not a real review. And what's going to happen, Ellen, and you hear, you've heard it here first, is the following. In a month or two, you're going to begin to hear uh, a review is held. Uh, we have a problem that these 12 people were indeed terrorists. That's despicable. We're, we're outraged. We're shocked. Horrified to learn there's gambling here in Casablanca. It's just it's horrifying. And uh, we're horrified. And, you know, we, we realized that, you know, Bill used to be in charge of vetting. And Bill didn't do a very good job. It was imperfect. There were some imperfections. We've let Bill go. Some of them are apparently dead, though, too. So that's another thing. Now we've hired Frank. Frank has got a tremendous vetting experience and got a great CV for vetting. Frank's already implemented 19 new procedures and everything is fixed. And the the moment the report comes out, orchestrated, five minutes after, seven minutes after, nine minutes after, are going to be tweets saying, everything's being ticked, the money is reinstated. The same thing happened. November 2019, former Commissioner General Pierre Krahenbull exposed in a campaign of massive corruption, abuse, sexual affair with a mistress who he gave a job to for $200,000 a year, flew around the world business class. Huge scandal, such a scandal that Switzerland cut funding, not America. Switzerland suspended funds because they were paying for the mistress. Then he's forced to resign in, in disgrace. And then a few months later, they hire a new guy, Lazzarini. Everything's fixed and all the money comes back and they say, amazing. So, and now he's the new head of the um, Red Cross. There you go. Krahenbull is named on April 1st. He'll be the new head of the Red Cross. But those who want to stop it are invited to go to on our website, unwatch.org, and to sign the petition to protest the appointment of Krahenbull. Many people have said in recent days that uh, this is not the time to get rid of UNRWA, that this is a, a crisis. People's lives are at stake. UNRWA may be flawed, but this isn't the time to replace it. Is there any truth at all that the other agencies, such as the WFP or uh, other NGOs can um, replace because that's what Canada has done, right? They've given $40 million to these other agencies to get the food in there. So I was just wondering uh, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that um, the official talking points of UNRWA are that UNRWA is doing life-saving work. It's, it's so life-saving. And by the way, it's irreplaceable. So I was watching an UNRWA spokeswoman and you will see those uh, parroted by UNRWA apologists around the world. UNRWA is irreplaceable, they're doing life-saving work. Guess what, we're all replaceable. And guess what, UNRWA, they're replaceable too. What makes us think that in the entire world, uh, all of the problems of the world uh, when it comes to refugees can be addressed by uh, UNHCR, which is next to me in Geneva, the UN Refugee Agency, the World Food Program, uh, UNDP, the Development Program, OCHA, the Humanitarian Agency, and the list goes on. But somehow the Palestinians, handing them food boxes, and giving out vaccines or whatever it is that UNRWA does can only be done by UNRWA. The fact that UNRWA has 1,200 terrorists on their payroll is not a factor. That's just something you don't have to worry about at all. Guess what? They are replaceable. And we're going to be having a summit 
in three weeks' time in Geneva, when Guterres comes to Geneva to open the Human Rights Council uh, on February 26th, we're going to have an emergency summit on how to replace UNRWA and to do so in a way that, that upholds all of the humanitarian needs of the Palestinians, but to remove a terrorist-infested agency. And we're going to have experts, and we're going to address the problem. Did you have any input or UN Watch have any input in helping the Israeli position that was put out on January 26th sort to, to coincide with the ruling from um, the International Court of Justice? We, we were not. We, we, we disclaim any involvement in this. You, did you know this was coming? I did not know it was coming, no. And are you able to say whether you're going to be trying to come to Canada at all to testify or meet with Canadian aid officials about this or with UN, um, our UN ambassador, Bob Ray? Well, I've met with Bob Ray and, and, I, and I admire Ambassador Ray. He's a good man. I don't agree with some of the positions that, he's, that his government has been taking and I, whether they represent him or not, I don't know. I do hope that, that the Canadian government uh, changes its approach. I'm very disappointed that Canada voted with the, joined the jackals uh, the end of last year, when the vote split three ways, some decent countries voted no against an anti-Israel resolution, which called for a ceasefire without the hostages being returned and without condemning Hamas. The worst countries voted yes, and Canada was joined the worst countries. It's never happened in the history. I've only been here for 20 years. I do not recall a, a single situation where Canada, where the vote split three ways and Canada joined the worst of the worst. So it was very sad as a Canadian to see that, um, and uh, really shameful. And on UNRWA, you know, we've been calling for reform for 10 years, but it, Ellen, it changed. When I appeared in the Congress last week, uh, we're no longer called for reform. It, my, my eyes were opened, and, and I realized that this agency is not reformable. And Dr. Aidan Wilf has been saying it for years, and she's right. It needs to be dismantled. It's the entire agency, the whole point of the agency is to undo Israel. You know, there were 800,000 Jews who were refugees from Arab lands. Where are the Iraqi Jewish refugees today? Where are the Egyptian Jewish refugees? There are none. They either were resettled in Israel or in Canada or in the United States and other countries. They're not refugees. For some reason, the Palestinians think that they have the right to have their status perpetuated so that instead of 700,000, whatever the number was in 1949, there's now 5.9 million. It includes 2, 2 million Palestinians living in Jordan who are Jordanian citizens. I told the Congress, or on CNN rather, I said, my great-grandfather came to Guelph, Ontario in 1904, okay? He fled Russian persecution, as many of our ancestors did. And I'm not a Russian refugee. We've been Canadian for over a century. So why are two million Palestinians in Jordan who have Jordanian citizenship? They've been resettled. Why are they called refugees? This is a, an absurd and perverse logic, to quote the, the Swiss foreign minister. It's a perverse logic, and we need to put an end to it. There is no more reform for UNRWA. If we care about peace, we have to dismantle UNRWA, transfer all the humanitarian tasks to other agencies. It's time to wake up. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. I'll play you a bit of Neuer's address to the Congressional Committee in Washington that was holding hearings into UNRWA on January 30th. You can watch the full video, if you want, through the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. I've come here to ask the Congress of the United States, which is the largest donor to UNRWA at over $300 million a year, to not just suspend, but to end the funding for good, and to take the lead in dissolving an organization that is riddled with incitement to hate, involvement in terrorism, and the perpetuation of war. Now, on Friday, Secretary General Guterres 
announced that he was, quote, horrified to learn that members of his UNRWA staff were implicated in terrorism. Members of the committee, I'm here to bear witness and testify that Secretary General Guterres, the head of UNRWA, Philippe Lazzarini, their predecessors, their senior colleagues, could not possibly have been shocked that UNRWA employees are implicated in terrorism. Because for the past nine years, and Chairman Smith knows this very well because he's been on this issue and he's invited me to testify, we've been uncovering, publishing, and submitting to the UN, to UNRWA, evidence of widespread and systematic incitement to jihadi terrorism, the praise of Nazi leader Adolf Hitler, calls to slaughter Jews on the part of UNRWA teachers, school principals, and other employees. These reports uh, range from 10 to 200 pages. For example, just in November, we sent a report on 20 teachers who celebrated the October 7th massacre. In March, together with Impact SE, we identified 133 UNRWA teachers and staff who promoted hate and violence in social media. In June 2022, we released a report called UNRWA's Teachers of Hate and included the following Facebook post by Elham Mansour, quote, an UNRWA teacher, quote, by Allah, anyone who can kill and slaughter any Zionist and Israeli criminal and doesn't do so, doesn't deserve to live, kill them and pursue them everywhere. They are the greatest enemy. All Israel deserves is death. This is an UNRWA teacher statement on Facebook. We sent it to the UN. They did nothing.